Hi, I'm Aaron Swarovski. And I'm Austin Shaw. This is Between the Keyframes. Cool. This week, we're going to be talking about motion design culture. Yeah. Different kind of companies produce motion design, large corporations, small boutiques. Every company or creative team has a different culture. Um, but culture, that culture, I mean, any company has culture, right? Any academic environment has culture. But what actually goes into creating culture is is the same but produces different results. So what we wanted to do was to discuss uh, the nuanced differences and how to sleuth them out when researching or interviewing for a job because culture should be on your radar as something as something that's important to you. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's this conversation that I, I actually enjoy and I make a point to have with students, especially as they're getting closer to their graduation professional practice type classes because I don't remember having these discussions when I was a student. You know, it wasn't something I ever mm -hmm. thought about. I just kind of blindly went whatever, whatever doors opened and just sort of arrived at different cultures. And having done a lot of freelance, I got to experience a lot of different types of cultures. But it wasn't until a lot of years later that I even started to think about it that, oh, wow, this place is different in this other place, why, you know, and, and getting down into, you know, every, every place has a culture. Right. And, you know, as a studio owner, I'm constantly thinking about, is this a place I want to be every day? Is this a place where my team wants to be every day? Um, and how to positively impact culture, or if I'm going to do something that I think might have a negative impact on culture, just kind of being transparent and talking about it or coming up with a path to kind of manage um, expectations around, you know, all the things. I mean, because every single thing goes into culture. You can't just do something and think it's not going to impact that. So let's uh, let's define culture. You're so right. we love doing these dictionary definitions. So let's uh, right. define it. So culture dictionary definition, the set of shared attitudes values, goals, and practices that characterizes an institution or organization. Yeah. And so that's our broad stroke dictionary culture. And then we've got a, a fun one, a creative studio culture from a book called Studio Culture by Adrian Shaw Nessie. A studio is a combination of three things, the physical space, mm -hmm. the people who occupy that space, yeah. and the work they produce. You know, and I think that's I interesting. That. Yeah, because these days, right, even the first one, the physical space, I mean, we can talk about that in historically and moving forward. But over the last year, this idea of space, the remote space is just as important in defining a culture, too. Right. Whether you're using Slack, Zoom, whatever Hangouts, Teams. Yeah. I mean, people talk sense, about yeah. the long term, like how is this going to change the industry long term? And I think this is the one thing that we had um, that impacted the studio before was the fact that we were all together. Yes, they're freelancers. Yes, some stuff is going to be done remote. Yes, there's some exceptions to the rule, but like the core team being together in the physical space 
and the physical space is a big part of what makes up culture. It's like the three things is, yeah. you know, the one of the three things is the physical space that we all occupy together. So when you take that away from it, we're all doing the best we can, but there is that, that one thing missing that, to your point, in Slack, in these virtual environments, it's really challenging to yeah, keep it going. Absolutely. I mean, for, for teaching as well in the classroom, right? And mm -hmm. I've, I've thought about how, you know, during quarters where I might teach the same section of a class, but multiple times, multiple sections. So uh, two different classes, same exact content, very different experiences, very different cultures, mm -hmm. right? And, and it is, it's part of that, this ingredient of, you know, the people, the people right. in that space, but having to do it all remote has been a challenge. And, and it's, I don't think it's an impossible challenge. And certainly there, there are some hybrid qualities or affordances right. that we could pull from it. But yeah, we're all missing, we're missing the, uh, the face to face. We are big time. What I love about having a beautiful space is you feel like you have to live up to it. You have to like, do work appropriate for like this amazing space that you're in. So when we're all like in a spare bedroom and tucked away in the corner of your house away from your family so you can have some peace and fucking quiet, you know, so that you could just focus and do some work, not the same. And, right. you know, right. uh, keeping that level up in a less inspirational place is, is, more challenging. Well, that makes me think. I mean, it's funny. It just popped in my head. This this lecture I recently uh, checked out from an environmental kind of graphic designer, right? Because yeah. there is there's a thresholding. It's like when you enter a curated space yeah. or a space designed to essentially transport you into a different mindset. Right. Mm -hmm. And that that gets very difficult when everybody you, you don't have that anymore. Right. Well, I'm very affected by spaces that I'm in. So, like, I can't work in an unclean environment, like with a cluttered desk. First thing I do is I give myself 10 minutes in the morning when I go into any office or <laughs> just to declutter, put everything away, kind of reset back to where everything has its place. But when we focus and create our space, we're thinking about one, how we collaborate with each other, how we want our clients to feel about us when they come in the space. This is a premium place with premium people that do a premium thing and we have like a real point of view about it. The space says a lot about, about that, you know, it has our right. work on the wall. It has space to be playful and to be you know, at a table together to have lunch together. It invites people to like community. Congregate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, that's such a big part, you know, and, and, you know, I think about some of these zoom lectures and, and studio classes on zoom. Yeah. You know, I, as an educator, I'm not really, I don't force anybody to turn their camera on. There's all kinds of privacy issues. Yeah. So it's, it's not really ethical to make someone turn their com camera on. But I, I invite everyone to as much as they can because I let, and I let them know that I like to see them. I like to be able to connect with them. I like to be able to make eye contact, even if it is through yeah. Zoom. Just so I know that like I'm making a connection with them and it, mm -hmm. it's, it can be challenging, you know, if for, it's hard. for sure. Yeah. I think like the key of listing out all these things is ultimately to get to this point of 
don't assume because something might be more corporate, it's going to have less culture. And don't assume because something is boutique and producing amazing work that they're going to have a great culture. You, you have to look at the nuances and that's kind of what we're going to break down here. Cause with, with going super corporate, you're getting a lot from a culture perspective, but you're losing a lot. And then on the other side, on the boutique side, you're, you're losing a lot that you would get from the corporate culture. And then there's of course, the Pros and cons. in between. <laughs> so, yes. so let's like bank through. So, you know, it used to be like for motion design, you went to like a company that did motion design, but now motion design is a part of just, I would say everyday graphic right, design. Right. So, so everyday, right. Creative teams that would exist in any corporation, mm -hmm. any brand or organization is going to have some varying degrees of motion design. Yeah, They might have a really robust team or they right. might have just one or two one guy, on staff. Yeah. Right. Or gal. Um, and like, we've actually been noticing a lot of this because we do Swarovski Labs and we'll get people that are like, he's, you know, one guy at this uh, real estate company that does all the motion design. They're doing all the social and putting things together and doing slideshows and, you know, they need a motion designer. And God, years ago, like that wasn't a thing. They just had right. designers. A well, designer. the way you, yeah, I mean, what you just brought up, that idea that and, you know, when I, I thought about this years ago, I'm like, I wonder when it'll be that motion design or is like graphic design where you it can kind of do this anywhere, you know, because you could think about it was like, all right, I, I was in New York in the 2000s and that you could work there or you could be, you could work in L.A. And then mm -hmm. there were a couple pockets. There was some Chicago, some Seattle, but that's yeah. kind of it. Yeah. Now it's like, yeah, you can. You can find motion design positions anywhere the same way. Yes. Yeah. Anywhere. It's become like graphic design. Yeah. Anyone with like a social media presence of any kind should have a yeah. motion designer. If they have a designer on staff, it should be a motion designer on staff. Okay. So corporations, companies, brands as big as Apple, Microsoft, Uber, Nike, Procter and Gamble, Best Buy has a great internal department. Uh, we talk about Sakani. He's at Cash App. You would never think, like, yeah. if I just said somebody's at Cash App working, you'd be like, oh, my God, what is that about? Well, they do amazing work yeah. there. Yeah, super fun branding. You know, having talked to him, it, it sounds like one of these ideal types of cultures where you've got some of the affordances of big tech and some of the affordances of, of a boutique, the best qualities of a boutique culture. Yeah. So cool. There's also motion design companies, boutiques, right? There, and those range from, you know, two man bands, three man bands to 10 to like 30, 40, which I would call midsize. <laughs> and then large, large scale ones right. like the mill. And, you know, then certain things like Method and Frame Store have departments We're that handle. Buck. Buck. Buck's got like Buck's large. Now. Yeah. yeah. They're a large yeah. company. I don't, I don't know if that's. It might still be considered a small business from the from the government's perspective, but right. But from the motion motion design community, they're large. Yeah, yeah, large, large. Okay, but then you have these big companies that have created departments inside that have, you know, and so each one has a culture, and it's how all of that kind of works together <laughs> that uh, creates the culture of that company or studio. 
funny. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I've been listening to The Way of Zen, Alan Watts. <laughs> and The Way of Zen. The Way of Zen, Alan Watts. And um, I love listening to Alan Watts, his different lectures and stuff, too, because he's just very entertaining and good ideas and all that. But this idea that it's there's this interrelationship, right? That it's like mm-hmm. in that a culture, like it's made up of those the people. It's always in flux, yeah. right? It's always changing, right? It's not going to ever be. There is no perfect. There's no fixed. Right. But you're a part of it, right? When a oh, person, yeah. when you go, when you go to a job, you are a part of that culture. Yes. Right? And, and to, to a certain degree, you can influence that culture, right? You might Definitely. have a lot of agency. You might only have a little bit. But part of it is, and I think part of it is is to recognize, like, What's the vibe? What's the vibe yes. of the place? You know, and, and we have another kind of idea. Like, ideally, we all want to be part of a sustainable culture. Mm-hmm. Um, the opposite of that, toxic. toxic. Toxicity, you know. And, and yeah. you know, what do, what do those look like, right? And, and what are maybe some of the attributes of, of both? And how, how can you, as an individual, maybe shape that? And if not... Should you not Move. be there? Move. Yeah. I think that's yeah. like really, I think a thing to say is if you are not happy in a place, you have to leave. You ha- And it doesn't mean like just, I'm never advocating for somebody if I can just quit their job. But like at a certain point, you have to take ownership over your own career and realize that you can influence it. So build your reel, get out. Take your time, get out, you know, like that is the only way forward. If you realize like, hey, actually this environment is toxic. There are some qualities that I'm never going to be able to influence in my position of power or lack of power. Like you got to move on because staying in a toxic environment makes you toxic. It does. I've seen it like change people and their whole attitudes, their whole career. You know, it's really unfortunate. So, well, let's talk about what makes a toxic yeah. environment. Like, what are the watchouts? So, so what are what are some of the big ones for you? So, for me, I'd say, well, let's start with you. Okay, so I think first things first, like otherisms, any place that yeah. has like discriminatory practices. I mean, we we have to acknowledge that. A lot of the artists, less most of the artists, are like white guys in motion design. That's historically what's happened. So it's going to take a little while for that to change. Yeah, and we're all talking. I mean, I've had students. I've had black students come up to me and say, "Where are the black designers?" Designers, right? And I have fair question. very fair question, you know, and, and yeah. it's it's nice. I mean, I'm thinking back about 10 years now and I'm remembering changed. My, my answer being like, well, hopefully you guys are going to help change that. Yeah. And, change and they is have. happening. I mean, yeah. it's it's happening and, and it's nice to see that. Yeah. The hard thing is, is when you look at like who's applying for jobs, like you realize like you have to create some outreach and to do that, it's more than one person. So you got to kind of take not just you got to make it a part of the culture to create change, right, in the industry. So I would say, like, take a look around. It's not going to be perfect right away. But, like, if you wind up at a place and you feel the otherism going on and, like, have some, like, underlying discrimination, you got you got to jump, you know, you got to realize that. What about, I was going to ask for you, what about, like, sexism? Is that been something oh yeah i mean like a hundred percent 
<laughs> I don't want to like 100% rat out like places I've worked sure. before because they're still around some of them. But um, there was definitely a paradigm of sexism there. And I, I don't necessarily know that it was 100%. Um, there, I don't know that there was a self-awareness about it. Right. More like of I, an implicit yeah, bias. I, so, right. Yeah. That's the word for it, implicit bias. But also, like, when I became aware of it, I was like, oh, my, I was, like, surprised by it, disappointed about it, and then I left. Because <laughs> that's, right. you can't change that otherism going on. You can't see, like, your peers doing okay or less work than you, less than, and seeing them getting promoted and making twice as much. Like, you can't unsee that, right? right? Like, at yeah. a certain point, like, it's your turn, and if it's not your turn, like, you gotta go and make it your turn somewhere else. But I think another one is unrealistic expectations for turnaround. Clients, producers maybe don't come up to you and say, how long is this going to take to do? They just agree to five o'clock, the end of the day. Ooh, and so you're poor, like, poor communication. Yeah. Or no communication, yeah, not really no asking you what it's going to be, you know? So it's like five alarm fires every, all the time. That's what ultimately it winds up becoming. Oof. Where every Oof, day yeah. you're, it's an emergency and you're in DEF CON 5 or 1, depending Yeah, on and that. that's stressful. You know, that's Too not fun. Yeah. I mean, that happens, things happen, but if that's the regular, uh, that's not a fun place to work. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Okay, another one that we wrote down is burnout. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a big one. I can talk I about burnout. Because yeah. Boston's burned out. Yeah, yeah, I burned out a couple, couple few times. Um, and it's... it's uh, I think that a culture that, I mean, it's sort of some of that can be that five alarm fire persistent. Some yeah. of it is just that grind, you know, and, and I know for me, some of this is personality too, but I know for me, I'm a person who can, I like working. I like making things. Right. I like producing and, and getting in that flow, but I've also gone too far. Right. And, and mm -hmm. a lot of there, there are studios that don't necessarily I think this was big in the 2000s, right? Nobody was really thinking about this. Nobody was thinking about yeah. sustainability. Everyone was just cranking, working and grinding, yeah. cranking. And, and so it can be, uh, well, it can be unhealthy. You can kind of hit a point where you're, you're not kind of lose, you lose the passion, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. burnout is an interesting thing. Cause I think that's a two way street. I think that for me, I mean, I'm a studio owner, so I want to not burn out my people, but I also right. have high expectations. So it's on my team of, of producers to kind of be keeping an eye. There are times where it happens and we get bogged down and then we just try and like really carve out time for people on an individual basis. But as I was saying, in regards to burnout, it's not only on the company, like you were saying, it's on yourself to know where yeah. you're at and to communicate it and to not wait until you're a total mess to communicate it. And if you've communicated that and you're getting not no nurturing in return Toxic. from that, that Toxic. You're Toxic. at a sweatshop. You're at a sweatshop. Yep. <laughs> you need to bounce. <laughs> yep. So that's all the toxic stuff. Let's talk about what makes a company sustainable. Right on. 
or the company culture to be make it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes me think back to like Super Fad. That was probably one of the first studios mm-hmm. that I worked at where it seemed like there were some healthy work life balance, wow. like implicit yeah. in the studio yeah. culture that. You know, it was okay to punch out if your work was done at a reasonable time. Like, mm-hmm. there wasn't this, you didn't feel weird leaving at yep. a normal time, <laughs> right? True. Um, you know, I think, you know, so sustainability, right? Allowing for, for growth, for fulfillment, where you feel like you want to be there and that you can continue being there. You can picture this as, you know, it's not a... You know, I'm holding on by the the skin of my my teeth here, right? Yeah. There's also something from the Culture Code, that book, Vulnerability with Trust. So being able to just, like, share your opinions and being open, like, telling people when. It's it's not just having a culture where you you can go and say, but where anybody feels comfortable saying, hey, I'm, I'm getting stretched a little thin here. Can you take it easy on me next week? Like having a culture where that's okay is good. (laughs) And where you can have conversation about that is good. Um, And that leads to like the sense of community, having spaces where people can eat together and talk and it's not just work and, you know. And in terms of collaboration and being able to contribute your ideas without feeling like they're going to just get shot down. Right. Shamed for being, that's dumb, right? Like, where everyone's trying to make each step of the process better. And I think that even comes back to, to class critiques, right? Building a culture of critiques mm-hmm. is, you know, and framing it for students that this is what we're trying to do. So we're trying to identify right. what's working, maybe what's not, what can be improved. Ideally, that's that's happening in your work, your creative work culture. Yep. I think a sustainable thing, too, is just having really clear HR policies, you know, and, and that includes having regular yearly reviews so that you have an opportunity to touch base without like begging to get on the calendar. Um, right. And a year, a year goes by actually really fast. So um, it's a lot to ask for more than that to say, like an official review. But I think having a moment where you can sit down and say, how am I doing? This is where I want to improve. This is where I want to go, where you can just kind of set goals short and long term. And along those lines, having clarity for your reporting structure, I think, is really important. Who do you take HR issues to when you have when you're on a job? Like, who do you talk to? I think. I don't know. It didn't seem like as much of a thing when we were coming up, but I find now like people like want to know where they bring bring things to. Right. You right. Know? Have some certainty. Yeah. Who do I talk to? Yeah. Yeah. Who do I talk sense. to about this? Yeah. Along the idea of like vulnerability with trust gets into just the ability to manage your personal obligations without feel fear of recourse so like that gets into work-life balance being able to say hey i got like i said my aunt's coming like my aunt's coming to town next week quite literally and i'm gonna want to clock out at a certain time or be have some half days off here or there and kind of maybe front load so i could spend some time with her like it's really important that i be able to one do that and then two be able to offload some of my shit to other people the thing is we're all gonna do that for each other so you can't fear any recourse 
to ha- wanting to have a life or to be going through a medical thing and just needing time to take care of yourself. Right. You know, you've got to be able to be comfortable doing so that. So support, nurturing, support, yeah, community. I was curious, so is there, you know, as is, are there discussions about sustainability that you all have and what are those like? Yeah, <laughs> we do have those <laughs> conversations. We have them often. You have to have them. They're uncomfortable conversations to have because I find myself saying, back in the day, I didn't get any of this shit. And But I think like the truth is like when you take a step back, we have to like get past that. It's like the idea of free college. Just because I paid for college doesn't mean that that was the way it should be moving forward. You know, like it's just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Anybody that's like education is a right. It's a right. Healthcare is a right. That gets into the culture of our, of a nation, right? What do we, what, what values do we want to invest in as a nation? But that's a whole nother topic. Well, I mean, that's like something that we are not experts on, but it gets into that idea though. Like that, like, I'm not going to be upset that now college is free for everybody because I paid for my, that's just not where I'm at. And so like, if I, if I take, well, what does that back, say about a culture, right? What does that say about a national culture? Culture, right? Pay, like I paid so that, they should pay. It's like, okay, take it to aura. No, or, but I mean, what is, what is the, if we were to do that, Right. I mean, it, it would be means amazing. that our culture values it. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So yeah. as like I have my immediate reaction and then we talk about how how well, how should it be if without these preconceived, this is how it was or historically right. or blah, 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 blah. What what do we want that to look like here? OK, so a couple more things about um, yeah. a place that makes it sustainable, I think, is accessibility to leadership being able to like actually communicate with the uppity ups and have uh, the the upper ups the uppity ups yeah I think honestly saying thank you like when somebody works really hard to say hey I just really wanted to say thank you like your work was instrumental in it being a success and I really appreciate that that's like that is usually more important than like paying somebody at a little overtime. Absolutely, which, yeah. which brings us to like the super important point. What I hear from all the time, to- all the time from guests who come to speak to students is this idea of just being a good person, being right. a nice person, right? That that goes so far mm-hmm. that that actually, for at least a sustainability point of view, goes yeah. further than just raw talent. Right? Oh, totally. Being a nice person, being someone yeah. who can contribute in a positive way to the team, which essentially is the culture, yeah. is is priceless. Yeah, everybody says it. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Be a good right. person. Be reliable. Be collaborative. Be open to feedback. Show up to work. You know, like right. somebody comes in and they're just kind of a monster and you're like, oh, yeah. You're going to yeah, ruin this. All of a sudden, everything, everything's on eggshells. It's like, yeah. I don't want to work where I'm distressed. Like, yeah. you know, you're stressed all the time. You feel oh like. Oh, my God. Yeah. Something's yeah. about to explode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fun. And I'm like fun. Yeah. Exactly. You And, like, work isn't about, like, sunshine and rainbows all the time. It is work. It is production. It is work. Hard you work. Feel, you want to feel good while you're doing it. You want to feel like. Yeah. Like what you're doing matters. Like I wanna, and that you want to be there. And you want to be there. And that you're making things <laughs> right. that are important 
and they are important they're important to our clients and to like commerce and all of the things like there's a reason people are paying for this work so so i think that that is like a really lovely place to end is like culture is both all three things it is place people and the work you create so you are a big part of the culture of wherever you are whether it's at a company or in an academic program so yeah so don't be a dick don't do it don't do it (laughs) (laughs) okay um do we have any announcements or anything Maybe hear like, about hear some stories, hear some culture stories. Yeah, it would be really great to get some feedback on this. You don't have to rat out specific places. That's not like the goal of this. The goal is to really have culture be part of the conversation. And I guess that's it. It's been fun chatting, Austin, about culture. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time. Until next time. Take it easy, easy. <laughs> Thank you.